Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 99, Resiliency Training, Understanding Buffering, week one. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Hello, everyone in resiliency training. Welcome to week one of our buffering month. Now, this topic is so fun because a lot of people, and understandably so, aren't even totally sure what buffering is. And that's because that's not necessarily a word that we use commonly in just our everyday lives. This is a word that I've learned about since becoming a life coach and since learning to manage my mind. And it's just a term that I want to teach you guys about today. So don't feel weird if you like don't ever use this term or you haven't before now and you're not sure what it is. You know what this is and you use these words just in different ways. You don't necessarily call it buffering. So that's what I'm going to do this week is just give you a real solid foundation on understanding what buffering is, why we do it, why it's so incredibly effective and enticing and seemingly rewarding, and then also why it actually isn't a solution and why we need to get a hold of it uh, in a way that was really doable. We're going to talk about that at the end. Okay, so I've got my model here, and I wanted to start by telling you guys that buffering happens in the action line, okay? So a buffer is anything that we do to escape from uncomfortable emotions or to dull uncomfortable experiences, right? A buffer, that word by itself just means like something between two things to make it not have friction or damage. Like if you're moving furniture, you would put down like a liner so it wouldn't like scratch your hardwood floor, right? As you're like, if you have to like slide your furniture, that's a buffer. A buffer goes in between something to make it all go easier. Okay. So I want to give you an analogy of what, what this is like. This is an analogy that has worked really well for me. And this is a little bit getting into why it doesn't work, but don't worry about that part yet. So the analogy for me is that when we have something that is stressful or overwhelming or just, uh, you know, challenging or uncomfortable, that's the circumstance. And then we have a thought about it. Right. And then we have our feeling of stress or overwhelm. And then we have this urge to buffer. Right. So then we buffer. It's the analogy is it's like you're sitting in like a super messy room in your house. So I want you to imagine like wherever it is that you guys sit when watch TV, sometimes you eat popcorn in there, you know, sometimes it's the kids in there, like making blanket for it's right. Like this is like your messy, like your basement or your family room or whatever room that is for you. Okay. And you decide like, I'm going to clean this up. Okay. So you go in there and you like pull the couch cushions off and there's just like fruit snacks and sucker sticks. Right. And, and you look over and there's just all these books and toys and you're just looking around and you start to get really overwhelmed. Right. Like we could write this in a model, you know, messy room. Uh, this is too much. Right. Or, or this is so messy or this is disgusting. Right. Whatever we think about it. And then we feel overwhelmed. Okay. And then we want to buffer against the problem because we're just like, in too much of this discomfort, right? And so then what a buffer does is it's like just shutting off the light in the room. So you can't see the mess anymore, right? So immediately you feel better, but, but buffers for the most part, and we're going to get into when a buffer isn't that big of a problem, but buffers for the most part are just a really false solution to the problem. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a temporary relief that does not address the problem at all. It's just that, that slight escape, and it uh, makes you feel better right in the moment, right? 
but then inevitably daylight will come or you'll turn the light back on and the mess is all still there. So that's, that's a little bit understanding why we want to get, why we want to gain awareness around buffers, get a hold of them so that we make sure that while, you know, at times we will buffer, we're human, right? The, the urge to buffer is very human. We're going to talk about that, but it's, so it's not a problem that we want to buffer and it's not a problem that we do buffer sometimes. I just really want you to understand it so that you can start to navigate your buffering so that you feel like you have choices in it, so that you just feel a little more control in this area. Okay, I wanna give you a couple of examples of buffering so you can understand what I mean. Some have probably already come to your mind, right? Some of the most common ones and that cause problems for us, for a, for a lot of us, are uh, sometimes we escape by eating, right? Or like overeating. Sometimes we escape by like online shopping or spending money in other ways. Sometimes we escape by just like zoning out with a TV or with social media or Netflix or whatever, right? There's definitely more intense ones like drugs and alcohol, pornography, some of those that are even more destructive, I would say, than those first ones I listed. And then there are some buffers that are even more mild, but they still can provide that temporary escape for us, even if they sort of seem like a positive buffer, right? Which again, we're going to get into that actually next week, I believe. Um, but there's ones like exercise or projects or reading that while it's more of a productive activity, it still can be an escape for us where we just like, I shut off the lights to my messy room by just diving into a book, right? So when I start to talk about it this way, I want you guys to understand that I never, uh, like what, when we, when we first start to learn about us, we're like, so I'm never supposed to like eat fun food again or watch TV or, you know, read a book, right? Jesse just said, those are all buffers. But here's what I want you to start to differentiate between. There is a way to do any of these activities that it's not a buffer. And then there's a way to do these activities that it is a buffer. So you just want to start to watch for escape, which is when it's being a buffer for you versus just entertainment, right? Which is when you are choosing to do it and it's not as a response to something that is happening to you, like that negative emotion that we're trying to escape. And typically it's when it's planned ahead. So let me give you some examples of, of some of those activities I just listed for you where it would look two different ways, right? So one example would be, um, let's say, watching TV. That's something I love to do. I, I have shows that I love and I love to like just relax and watch TV. And every once in a while, I check in with myself, like, am I buffering right now? And then mostly I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good, you know? And I, de- I definitely do buffer. So what it would look like doing it one way and then the other is when you watch TV in an unplanned way, this is the buffering way, okay? And in a response to the negative event. So it would be like something negative happens or you're having a lot of negative thoughts and feeling negative emotions. And again, when I say negative, I, mo- I more mean uncomfortable because um, these emotions aren't bad, but to fight against them or you know resist them, that can be very uncomfortable. And so then our body's begging us for an escape, right? So something happens like your kids are just fighting and screaming and you're like, mom just needs a minute. And you go in your room and just like watch an episode of TV. Again, nothing wrong with that, but you just want to start to see like, oh, I just was buffering against that negative experience, thoughts and and feelings. Right. And then we buffered. I don't know if I'm even going to write out a model today because I want to just discuss several examples so you can see how it can apply in lots of different areas. But that's exactly what would happen. You would say, you know, kid number one said, I hate you. Kid number two said, I hate you too. You know, they're fighting, whatever. (laughs) Your thought is like, they fight so much. Your feeling is like stressed or frustrated or overwhelmed. And you get to that point where you're just like, I'm going to lose it. And then you go in your room and you watch TV 
or you go in your pantry, you hide in your pantry, like eat some chocolate, or you go on Amazon and like order a few things. And, and whatever you do to escape that stress or overwhelm just gives you this moment of like, you feel like your life's back in your control. You get that little bit of relief, but your kids are still out there fighting, right? Like you just shut the light off on the problem for a minute totally understandable. It makes so much sense why we do this, right? Why we have strong urges to do it because it gives us that immediate, really satisfying relief, but yet doesn't solve the problem. Totally fine. So the way that it would look like to watch TV without it being buffering at all is you say like, oh, I love when my like afternoon, my kids are napping or at night when my kids are in bed or whatever it is. And you say like oh, nine o'clock, I love to just watch like an hour and a half of TV before I go to bed. That's like in your plan. It's something you really enjoy doing just for entertainment. It's like a reward you give yourself for, oh, I, I like got all this stuff done today and I spent time with my kids and I kind of did my day the way I planned to. And then at night I just zone out in front of the TV. Like that's such a different, that's just entertainment versus escape, right? And it would be the same thing for like eating. That can be a buffer, right? Where over or um, buffering when it comes to eating is when you're like, you had no plan to eat like 10 cookies, <laughs> but you got so overwhelmed that you like went in the pantry and like ate cookies, right? It's off, off your plan, off your schedule, not what you would have normally done. That's when you know you're using the food as a buffer. Um, where a plan thing would be like, oh, I'm going out with friends and we're going to get ice cream and I'm going to put cookies on top. Like it, it doesn't mean you can't eat junk food but you plan to eat junk food and not in a reaction or response to like anything stressful or negative that's happening to you. And, and another thing to mention here is that it's not always stressful, negative things we're buffering against. It's not always intense things. Sometimes it's boredom. Sometimes we buffered against really simple, quiet, calmer things like boredom. Sometimes we even buffer against like too much happiness. I know that one can sound kind of crazy, but we, whatever is just unfamiliar to us, like not in our, just our normal, like status quo kind of can be uncomfortable, even if it's a good thing. So you'll just start to watch and say like, Oh, I'm just noticing that I needed like an escape from that. It felt like I really needed an escape from that. Okay. The last example I want to give is the, the spending one. You know, that's another one I talked about where the buffering way would look like, again, in a response to something, you would go buy something that you weren't planning to buy or that, it was more money than you should have or wanted to spend. Or there's a couple different ways where it would just be like, you know, mommy needs a break or Jesse needs a break, whatever. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to get on Amazon and just see. And then you like find yourself be like, oh, I'm going to buy that thing. And then it's shipping, it's on its way. And you're just like, oh, that feels so good just for that, that moment. Right. And it doesn't mean you can't ever do that. It doesn't mean you can't ever like make a last minute decision to buy something. But if you want to be sure you're not buffering, having it planned is the way that you ensure that. So if you say like, oh, at the end of this week, when I get paid, I'm going to order that thing or school's coming up. We're going to go school shopping or on my birthday, I get to spend a hundred dollars on new clothes, right? Those are all planned ways to spend tons of money for fun, right? Spending money for fun is awesome, but to even just plan it one, two days ahead of time, it doesn't have to be like a month ahead of time. Then, you know, you're doing it as a, as a plan for just enjoyment and not as a response or a reaction um, that feels like the way you're going to escape the problem. So those are some examples that you guys can start to see that how that comes together. So I want to just touch for one more minute. I mentioned this at the beginning, but I want you guys to understand that when you first start to gain awareness around this, you're going to be tempted to like judge yourself and maybe even feel like the, how much you want to buffer is like correlated to weakness or something. But I really want you guys to understand that 
the urge to buffer is 100% human. It's human. And you will always have urges to buffer because it's a very effective way to get that relief. And we're going to talk about that. So as you begin to notice what you're currently using for buffering and how often you want to buffer and the intensity levels of different situations, and even as you buffer and just start to observe that experience and how you feel during and how you feel after. I want you to do all of it with so much love and compassion because there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with even buffering. We're going to talk about the only reason we ever want to buffer less or stop buffering. And I'll get into that in just a minute. But before we talk about that, I just want to bring this point home and also really help you understand why it is that we want to do it so badly and why it's so effective at what we're seeking to accomplish like right in that moment, why it's so enticing and our urges can be so strong for it. So the reason that is, is because when we buffer, especially if we buffer kind of little bits all throughout the day, okay, it makes everything in our life smaller and smoother. So you can see why that would be desirable. So the smaller part is not super desirable. It kind of feels desirable right in the moment. Like we think we're making things simpler, but really we're, we're um, making our experience smaller. We have to, it's almost like people will say, oh, I don't like being on that medication or whatever, because it's helping this thing, but it's also taking away from these things that I do like, like some people will complain about that with, you know, like an antidepressant. They're like, I'm feeling a lot better with like my anxiety and my depression, but I'm also not feeling some of these other things that I like to feel. It kind of just does a, a doling on, on a lot of your emotions. And so that's what's happening when you're buffering. You're escaping from that momentary uncomfortable emotion, but you're also kind of just escaping your life and your life is getting smaller and smoother. That part feels good. But again, it's just making everything it, like we, we, rather than needing this to cope with our lives, we're wanting to instead learn how to manage our minds, to live it bigger, do more of what we want and be able to handle the rough bits. We want to be able to handle the parts that are overwhelming. And understand like my thoughts are the only reason this feels overwhelming, right? So then it's more like a, like a bumpy ball rolling down the path instead of us needing it to be small and smooth. And then we just have this small, smooth experience because we've, we've made it that way. We've doled a lot of things so that everything feels smaller and smoother. So I wonder if that, if that makes sense. And another big reason why we do this it's because we get, a lot of you have probably heard of this term, but we get like a dopamine hit in our brain. The moment we get that instant powerful relief and that teaches our brain to do it again and to do it again. It teaches our brain to say like that thing we just did is important for survival. It is the secret to our happiness. It is why we feel good ever. Like it, it kind of writes these stories that are only part true and are mostly not true, right? Because that's not the reason we're happy. We only ever feel happy or relief because of our thoughts. So when we, when we buffer, we're escaping our thoughts or we're making it easier for us to think like, oh, everything's okay, right? So say our kids are fighting that example. We're able to go in our room and turn on the TV. We're either not thinking anything, which, you know, it's kind of nice sometimes, turn that brain off. Or we're thinking like, oh, see, everything's okay now. But really the fighting's still going on out there. And you're just now able to think a thought like everything's okay now. And then you feel better. But as soon as you walk back out and see them fighting and you're going to go right back to the model that caused the buffering saying like they shouldn't fight so much or you know, why do they like, why do they always fight? Whatever it is and feeling overwhelmed. So the problem is still there and that's totally fine. But what we want to do with our mind management is to, when we buffer, call it what it is and say like, I know this doesn't solve my problem. I'm just going to indulge in a little buffering and, or a combination of these things, hopefully to be able to say like, when your kids are fighting again, just an example to be able to say like, 
I don't prefer when they fight, but I also know nothing has gone wrong here. How do I want to feel in this moment when my kids are fighting? What do I want to be thinking when my kids are fighting? Because kids are for sure going to fight. It's not nearly as fun as when they don't fight, but if you have kids, you just know they fight. We did when we were kids, right? So we want to be able to come up with thoughts and feelings that we want to be thinking and feeling when they're fighting. We don't need to change the C, right? They're going to keep fighting. And again, not like nonstop, but when they're fighting, right? We don't need them to stop fighting for us to feel better. And we don't need to escape our life to feel better either. We want to be able to stay in our life and feel the way we want to feel in that moment. And it's not that you'll love that they're fighting, but you'll want to feel acceptance. Or maybe you'll want to feel like in problem solving mode, like, oh, how could we come at this better where they're still can really disagree with each other. But like, you know, let's come up with some rules where you can't raise your voice and you can't hit and you can't name call. But other than that, you can totally argue. Like you can go into problem solving mode if you're directing your thoughts and your feelings. So that's the goal is to call buffering what it is, buffer a little bit less and know how to choose it and not choose it, but it's all in your control and then manage your mind to be able to handle the rough parts. You don't need your ball to get small and smooth. You can handle the parts that get bumpy. You don't need your path to be perfectly straight and smooth. You can handle the parts that zig and zag and have bumps and potholes. You can handle that because that's life. Life will always have zigs and zags and bumps and potholes. And sometimes when we fall in a pothole, we're just going to buffer a little bit. It's totally fine. But I just want you to start saying like, I'm just buffering right now. I know it's not solving my problem at all. I also totally understand why it's so appealing to me in this moment. My brain just got that dopamine hit. I'm feeling better. I'm going to definitely want to do this again next time. All totally fine. There's a lot of power in just calling things what they are because when we don't understand buffering and we don't have an awareness around it, we tend to want to think I have no choice here, but to either like scream at my kids or go in my room and lock the door and watch TV for half an hour so I can calm down. It feels like when we, when we don't look at it in the model and when we don't understand what buffering is, it can feel in those intense, overwhelming moments, whatever the, the C is, right? I've given several examples here today. It can feel like our only options are to have this big reaction that we don't like or to escape. Those kind of feel like our only options, but the middle is actually where the solution is. And that is when you do those things we were just talking about, either own your buffering or manage your mind in a way where you show up the way you want to show up and just adjust your thinking. What are other ways I could think about my kids fighting? I don't only have the choice to think like I must escape this or I'm going to scream at them to stop or whatever, right? Okay. So the last piece in this video this week is talking about why this solution doesn't work beyond understanding now that you know, it's like turning the light off. So we didn't clean up the room, right? We're in this room that's still so messy and the light is off, right? But I want to just go in a little further of why this feels like a solution in the moment, but it never is. And the first part of it is, is that buffering at, in your action line is only ever a physical solution to an emotional problem. And that's why the solution never sticks. The solution doesn't last and it's not, it's not an actual solution and it's not attacking the problem because it's an emotional problem. And this is kind of interesting because you think, well, my room's messy. Isn't that a physical problem, right? And technically it is, but what's going on? The problem is in your thoughts. So you have problematic thoughts that create problematic feelings and that's what you're escaping. So in this analogy, your, your brain, your mind is the messy room. And so rather than cleaning up the problematic thoughts, which are like the sucker sticks and the fruit snacks and the popcorn and the books and the toys, those are the thoughts that are causing the feelings that you are not enjoying feeling. 
And when we look at it and we think, okay, I, I want to get awareness around my thoughts. And that's like lifting up the couch cushions and seeing even more mess, right? And then you say, okay, I'm going to clean up these thoughts, you know? And then you're like, nope. And then you go watch TV. Totally fine. But I want you to understand that watching TV is the, is the physical solution you're offering yourself, but the emotional problem is still just sitting right there, right? So instead we want to say like, I'm learning how to sit in a messy room. I'm learning how to look inside my brain with the lights on. And I don't even have to really even clean anything up. I'm just learning that I don't need to run away. I don't need to escape. This is a messy room. I can start by cleaning up just pieces. I can learn how to just sit here with the mess. But the main thing we're practicing is not needing to turn that light off so much. We don't need to run away. It's not scary. It's not scary. It's just sucker sticks and fruit snacks, right? It's just thoughts, thoughts that are causing feelings, feelings that are creating actions, actions that are ultimately producing the results of your life. We want to look at it all with fascination and curiosity and understanding and awareness and say, like, I can see when I'm thinking this thought, this sucker stick thought of like, my kids need to stop fighting. And then I feel overwhelmed that it makes me want to run away or it makes me yell at my kids. That's all what's happening in the action line, right? So if I decide I don't want to think that thought anymore, I want to get all, get all the sucker sticks and throw them away. And when my kids fight, I want to start thinking stuff like, it's okay, kids fight. And you can even totally add that acknowledgement of like, I don't like it when they fight, but it's okay. Nothing's gone wrong. Kids just fight. This is just, a, this is just how kids operate. They don't have the maturity to have like a calm conversation. Even adults fight, right? We don't even always have the maturity to have the calm conversation or the, even if it's a heated conversation, but just the conversations that need to happen to resolve an argument or a disagreement. Kids have even less maturity than us and even adults fight, right? So kids just fight. So if we're cleaning up all the sucker sticks, if that's the one about the fighting, right, that, that they need to stop fighting, kids shouldn't fight, my kids fight too much, those kinds of thoughts or your sucker stick thoughts, say, we clean up all of those and we put them in the garbage can and we say like, when, when I'm tempted to think another sucker stick thought and jam a sucker stick under my couch cushion, instead, I'm going to remind myself that what I want to feel is acceptance. And the way that I think in order to feel acceptance is to say, it's okay, kids just fight. And then I have that sucker stick instead of jamming under my couch, instead, I just put it in the garbage can. I'm still going to eat suckers. I'm still going to have sucker sticks, but instead of jamming under the couch, I'm going to keep putting them in the garbage can. And that's how that thought will come up of like, they should stop fighting. And I say, well, actually it's okay. Kids just fight. But if I want to hang on to, they should stop fighting. That'll happen too. I just shove that under the couch. I feel overwhelmed and stressed. I'm tempted to run away again or yell at my kids. And that will happen too. Like you're just starting to watch your models play out and just realize that you have a choice every time. You have a choice every time. And the more awareness you gain, the more power you give yourself to make the choice that you like more, the model that you want to operate from. Okay. So I know I already said this the last thing, but I'm going to make one more point. We're going to get into this a lot next week. So what, what I'll just tell you now, what we're going to talk about next week is the spectrum of buffers, all kinds of buffers. Some are way more intense and destructive. Some have actually like pretty great results that come from them. You know, like, you know, over here's like the drugs and the pornography, right? And then in the middle is like overeating, overspending. And then over here is like the reading a book or doing a house project, right? So there's this whole spectrum of buffers. And the only reason that we ever want to encourage ourselves to buffer less or stop buffering is if we don't like the result that the buffer is creating for us. So that's what we're going to get into next week. And that's what I want to leave you guys with is there's nothing wrong with buffering. It makes perfect sense that we do it and want to do it so much. And buffers aren't even bad, except that they keep us from being able to handle the rough bits of our life. The more we buffer, the more that feels like the solution. And it keeps us from giving us that confidence and developing that ability to handle the rough parts of our lives. 
And then ultimately, we take a look at the result the buffer is creating for us. And we decide if that result is problematic for us. And that's when we know like, okay, this is a buffer I want to stop doing because that's problematic for me. But you might look at another one and say, actually, I really like the result I get from this buffer. So I'm going to keep allowing that. But I still will acknowledge that I'm using it as a temporary escape, but I'm not going to necessarily stop myself from doing that buffer anymore. I'm going to call it what it is, but still allow myself to like escape into a book when I need to or whatever. Okay. That's what we're going to get into next week. Uh, I hope this all made sense and that you guys start to put some of these pieces together. I would love to hear from you if you have any questions and send me your models. I'd love to see them. You guys are awesome. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks. Ready to take what you are learning here on the podcast to the next level? Then check out my new video course, Resiliency Training. This year-long course of weekly video classes is the perfect way to increase the efforts that you are already making when it comes to improving your deployment experience and making your mental health a priority. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this course will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.